0: The presenting sponsor this season is Subaru. I've covered the reason I love the Subaru Forester in the last couple of episodes. Now it's time to talk about the 2020 Subaru Crosstrek. This is the car that's built for the last minute. Why not? Let's do this thing explores. A car built for any adventure. With standard symmetrical all-wheel drive and increase in available horsepower, you'll be able to drive across dusty backroads and snowpack trails to reach that hard-to-reach location. Plus, you can embark on that adventure with confidence and safety technology that comes standard in every Subaru Crosstrek to help with awareness and peace of mind. No matter what wild idea you're chasing, the Subaru Crosstrek is a good choice to get you there. Love is out there. Find it in a Subaru Crosstrek. You can learn more about the new, more powerful Crosstrek at Subaru.com.
1: To me and to my family, as well as to many people in the Czech Republic, which was a country that was occupied by, you know, Russian forces at that time, getting outside meant freedom. It was the space they created to really kind of assert that this world still belongs to them, even though there are army bases around the country. And I think it's that kind of emotional connection to the outside, to nature, through freedom, that really is incredibly powerful.
0: That's Adita Hadrovska. She found freedom connecting with nature, and she's also found freedom working as the design director at Arcteryx, the outdoor apparel company based in Vancouver, Canada. At Arcteryx, Adita and her team are focused on making a new kind of women's outdoor gear. Her innovative design approach celebrates women and puts them at the heart of the design process. The work Adida's doing in Arcteryx is rooted in her journey as a mother, a designer, and an outdoor athlete. I'm Shelby Stanger, and this is Wild Ideas Worth Living. Before she was a badass designer, Adita was an avid skier and a lover of the outdoors. Her passion for physical activity, for skiing, and for outdoor adventures began when she was a toddler in the Czech Republic. Tell me a little bit more about growing up in the Czech Republic. I mean, most of our listeners are based in the USA. I've never visited there. I'm really curious what it was like and and what it's like now.
1: The environment in the Czech Republic was
0: something that I don't think
1: my own daughter Can understand. And I'm really grateful that she can't. Czech Republic used to be one of the most advanced countries in the Austria Hungary Empire, but it was occupied for 40 years. And people didn't have freedom to think and say what they wanted. They didn't even have freedom to choose the occupation they wanted. A lot of times they didn't have freedom to choose the school they wanted to go to. So it was again it was the totalitarian regime where everything was centrally planned and government was oppressive and especially my family was a family that completely uh, disagreed with the regime at the same time they knew that lives lives were at stake so we couldn't go and rebel until things got a little bit easier in 89. And that really changed my life, opened the world to me. I could go study in Los Angeles. I could go study all over Europe, in Montreal. I could go work and live in Southeast Asia. None of these things would have been possible had the Velvet Revolution of 89 not happened. So a lot of my life, I was I was 13 when things changed around, but a lot of my growing up years were really in a very different environment. I knew that there were things we discussed at home and we listened to Radio for Europe that was actually funded by the United States. I knew that we had all these ideas that we could discuss at home, but had I ever talked about this outside of our house, you know, my family would suffer and we actually had people uh, in our circle of friends who disappeared. So it was a, an environment that I don't think my daughter would ever understand and I'm I'm incredibly grateful that she doesn't.
0: Tell us a little bit about growing up and and how you found a love of skiing. You know was was that a family thing or how did you find it?
1: I was very fortunate with my mom being very passionate about skiing and the mountains in general. I started when I was two and it was really something that my mom always I'll put a priority on, made sure that we got out and enjoyed the mountains and the outside. And she just wanted to make sure that she can get to ski, I think. So she she got me, you know, when I was two, these little skis with a teddy bear in front and, and actually free heels. So I feel like, oh, I was touring at the age of two. And that's how I got uh, started to, you know, enjoy the outside.
0: And so was there like a was there a mountain really close to your house that you guys would just drive to a local local resort or how did that work?
1: Yeah, we never it's it's funny. Here in Whistler we we actually have a place and we we are really fully committed and and sleep here, but back home we wouldn't and we would just drive in in the morning. It was a 45-minute drive, so it was doable. Uh, just meant really early mornings and missed TV shows as a kid. But uh, we would just drive in and then drive back in the evening.
0: From an outdoor perspective, you know, what's the Czech Republic like? Obviously, there's mountains there if you're you're a skier.
1: Yes, yes. There are mountains. They're not There's not a lot of alpine at all. But there are mountains good enough to ski and good enough to train for racing. And there's a lot of like slalom tracks. There are mountains actually lining the whole outside of the country there are several different directions you can go and train or just enjoy there's a lot of cross country skiing and overall there's a lot of camping and river rafting as well that's how I grew up every summer we would go for a river canoe trip with my parents and just put everything into our canoes and and um, and move down the river for a week and then hop on a train go back home Mm
0: Straight out of high school, Adita decided to become a lawyer. She won scholarships that allowed her to study law in Greece and in Amsterdam, and Adita worked all over the world. The longer she worked as a lawyer, though, the less she had time for the things she loved. What made you want to become a lawyer before you ever became a designer at, you know, one of the top outdoor brands in in the industry?
1: Oh, that that's a funny story, actually. Uh, when I was growing up, my two options were doctor or a lawyer. And,
0: <laughs> I'm and, laughing because that is how it is in a lot of families. Yeah. Oh. And I
1: have to say my parents have been incredibly supportive, even with the late change I did in my life. But this is kind of what they really wanted and uh, wished for me. So we didn't have any lawyers in my family, so I felt that was a great Option And you know what? I had the most fantastic time in law school. I, again, studied all over Europe. We had great scholarships from the European Union that I was able to uh, benefit from and, and study in Greece and Amsterdam and, and etc. So it was great fun. And it was also a discipline that I still very like. It's very strategic. And there's a kind of a, a drive to win an argument. And maybe th- maybe that's not a nice co- personal quality I have, but there's something very I exciting. I have the same
0: quality. It's okay.
1: <laughs> there's something very exciting about that. So I really enjoyed that and did mood courts during university and again, had a great opportunities. So it was really fun. And then I started working for a, actually a New York-based law firm with a New York head office, but based in Prague. And I worked for two years at mergers and acquisitions, and it was quite intense. I realized I don't have any time for things that I actually love. I don't have any time for taking photos. I don't have any time for drawing or painting. I am eating dinner at the office for days a week, and I don't have time for any sports and really being outside or relaxed. Outside, So I I really wanted a change in my life and I wanted to choose something that's much more creative and design at that time seemed to me as a a very visual discipline and also a very creative discipline and a problem solving discipline. So I applied to uh, Concordia University in Montreal and got in and that was it had to quit.
0: (laughs) What did your parents say when you quit to become a designer? They were surprised.
1: And I think they were worried. I think they were worried. They were supportive, but I could feel that they're worried. They knew I was very successful as a lawyer. I was at that time earning more than both of them combined. And they were very worried for me going back to university and paying for my, you know, paintbrushes and design tools and starting all over again. And I can't disagree. <laughs> it, was, it was hard on many levels to be a student again. And especially after coming from two years of very driven workforce, coming to a class and maybe seeing some people that, I had to be surprised how little work they did for the next class. So it was it was eye opening to start over and humbling, but I never turned back. I never never regret it. What do you love about design? Mm-hmm. So many things. I love that it's it's a problem solving discipline. It's not art school. You are working to solve a problem, and you uh, you're a great designer if you can. Actually, nail down your needs first, and start with the needs, and then drive with purpose, and end up with a with a solution that answers those needs. It's also, I, and this is actually not all kinds of design, but design the type of design that you find at Architectrix is really based on values and really focused. We have a set of principles. And they're really values and they really align with what I expect of good design.
0: Is it just, I imagine it, it must be really cathartic from being a lawyer and like doing these deals to actually like creating something that then people wear. Like it's art. It's totally different. hmm
1: Well, I would say it's not art. It is problem solving that you're, you're looking and digging for the needs and to find the real needs. A lot of times you hear, I want this, I want that, I want this. But actually when you dig deeper, you realize, well, maybe what you want is actually this. Maybe you're actually not comfortable and maybe you're actually feeling not empowered in what you have. So that's why you're asking for this. But maybe the ruffle is not the answer. Maybe something else is the answer. Maybe it's a better fit. Maybe it's longer length. It's really nailing down the needs and then working as a problem solving exercise towards an answer.
0: Adida is determined to find these answers because the apparel she designs really is supposed to solve problems for whoever is wearing it. She takes into account how women's bodies are actually shaped, the way they move, and the elements that they encounter in the outdoors. When we come back, Adita talks about her team's innovative new women's snow sport collection and how motherhood has made her even more passionate about her work. Arc'teryx is built on the principle of obsessive, precise design, which means they create versatile, long-lasting outdoor gear that stands up to the most epic of adventures. They recently released a new version of a fan favorite, their Adam Melty hoodie, which has been updated with more contemporary fit, features, and style lines, making it more versatile than ever before. It's a jacket that keeps you warm and dry while being lightweight, which means it's perfect to use as a layer for whatever cold weather activity you have lined up for this winter. It's one jacket with endless possibilities. You can learn more about the Adam LT hoodie and Arcteryx by visiting arcteryx.com or shop the Adam LT hoodie at REI. Supporting the belief that a life outdoors is a life well lived. Having an Icon Pass in your pocket unlocks a road-trip-ready family of unique ski destinations. Across more than 40 Icon Pass destinations, the mountain community can explore wide-open spaces, cut endless lines through fresh mountain air, and discover new adventures with old friends. So whether you're home mountain-bound or ready for road-trip rambles this winter, the best adventure is always the next adventure. On sale now, every 2020-2021 Icon Pass comes with Adventure Assurance, giving you the confidence to ride. Discover Pass options and plan for adventure at IconPass.com. That's I-K-O-N-P-A-S-S dot Historically, outdoor brands would take their men's line, make the apparel line smaller, dye it pink or another girly color and sell it as their women's line. The process is known to industry insiders as pink it and shrink it. But Adita takes a different approach. When she's skiing on a mountain, she doesn't want a shrunken version of a men's jacket. She wants gear that will help her perform better and looks cool. One of the main reasons we wanted to bring you on this show was to talk about this wild idea you had of focusing on designing for women beyond this shrink it and pink it concept. Can you explain what that means and and why that's just such a dated idea? Yeah, well, it's
1: as dated as the idea that women don't get to say what they need and what they want in their own words. Shrink it and pink it is acceptable... These days for maybe toddler wear, but definitely not for any solutions for women. And I feel like historically this phenomenon happened because in, especially in the outdoor industry, this is a very, this used to be, uh, let's say very male dominated area where. Women didn't really get to uh, pitch or approve line plans, or decide which kind of material or research we we're going to do, or what kind of fit study we we're going to do, or how we we're going to harvest any insights. And most athletes were men as well, because women were busy working at homes. So when men realized that it was time to make money on women's outdoor gear the quickest answer they had was, well, let's shrink it and pink it. And uh, maybe there was a bit of a lack of humility to actually ask women what they want. And this might seem like something that happened 100 years ago, but, you know, I've seen it. I've seen it very recently, even.
0: You know, historically, a lot of outdoor gear has been designed with men in mind. So when do you think that started to change? Was it alongside when more women designers showed up? Or was it when more Female athletes showed up. What what do you think? What have you seen? Because you're in it.
1: Mm -hmm. Great question. I feel like maybe a few things combined. First of all, women started getting out more. They freed themselves from all these other tasks and expectations that were on them and started really enjoying the outside um, much more than before. Uh, We've had more great, talented women come into the design force as well. And I feel that a lot of leadership and all these outdoor companies started realizing that they're actually missing out a lot of business by not serving women properly. So a lot has changed and, you know, enough is enough too. We just heard, you know, in recent years. So I feel there's a much more emphasis on actually listening to women and harvesting a true insight what they want in order to give them what they'll buy.
0: So are people pretty receptive to ideas or have you ever faced any pushback in trying to change how gear is designed for women throughout your career?
1: Oh, I've totally faced pushback. I think all designers designing for women would, would agree with that. But again, the dynamics are changing very much and there's a real curiosity how to feed into what women want. So, Yeah, I would say definitely push back, definitely misunderstanding what women want, but that's a great challenge to work with, not against.
0: Can you tell me some examples of how you've specifically changed designs for women at Arcteryx, you know, with specific examples? Like, I'm really curious about things like harnesses because men and women both have different body parts down there.
1: Mm Mm-hmm, for sure. First, I would like to say that most designers at ArcTurix are women. And if you think about the industry, most people that touch product are actually women. We have some really great athletes within our design team and all of our designers are users. So they bring in really great firsthand insight into what do we actually need. The sequence harness and the incendia were started with a women's product as the beginning. So uh, the the harnesses for example typically are again designed by men. Then we look at bodily proportions and we kind of adjust the sizing and the proportion. What happened here was our designer Katie, a great climber herself, started with women's needs and really designed it from scratch for women. And then we looked at how men's look like. So really turning it around. In the apparel side at Arc'teryx, we've been doing that for quite a while. There's a lot of areas of our line where we don't need the his and hers, which is what would typically lead to the shrink and pink. And even then, uh, for example, with the incendia, we really looked at how do women want to look on the mountain? How do we want to feel? before we start skiing and we really looked at the the side of empowerment and comfort and really ultimate performance and femininity really in sports what does that mean how does that look like and when you look at the results you'll see there's no pink there's no purple there's no nipped waist. you end up with a very different product when you start with what women actually want and need
0: the Incendia line that Adidas is talking about is a woman's snow sport collection that she created with her colleague Sarah Wallace. Incendia is a collection under the Arc'teryx brand. Sarah and Adidas were inspired to create it while they were out skiing together in British Columbia. They were on a chairlift headed to the top of a mountain as they watched other skiers make their way down the slopes. As outdoor gear and clothing designers, Sarah and Adidas saw evidence of the shrink it and pink it strategy everywhere. So they got to work. After a couple of years searching for the right materials and sketching new designs, Adida and Sarah finally launched Incendia with a mission to empower and inspire outdoor women athletes everywhere.
1: Incendia is a pet project of my dear colleague Sarah Wallace and myself. Sarah leads uh, ski and snowboard uh, collection at Arcteryx. And we've been uh, friends ever since we saw one another. We really kind of have the same outlook on design and on life, same sense of humor and same shortage of patience and same passion for, for things that we like and our sport. Incendia is something that we, we dreamed of since the early years of our friendship and our collaboration as designers at Arc'teryx, we wanted to uh, look at what um, makes us feel strong, what makes us feel powerful, and what enables us in our sport. And when we were looking around what's on the market, we could see two things. We could either see very functional gear that's not very feminine or some not very empowering, and then we could see cool stuff that was wetting out and not really performing to the level that we, we knew it could. So we wanted to marry both. We wanted to find materials and answers that were based in performance, but also stylish and not pink.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so the, the name Incendia is, is really powerful. I love it. How did you guys come up with that name?
1: This is actually a combined effort after we created what Incendia is and had all the protos and went to Chile to test it uh, off season and, and all of this, we were, we were quite excited, but again, we didn't, we didn't really think all the way through to the consumer. How are we going to pitch this idea? It was kind of new and it was the first time really we got uh, space to create women's only product without a men's expression in the, in the main charactererics line. And we actually worked with great copywriter on the name, and she was, again, she was very humble and listening to what the story is and and what are we excited about. And she was interested in the idea of us igniting a fire. And this is what kind of inspired the the name.
0: Mm, I love it. I love the name. It, it's also <laughs> just so badass and beautiful. And I think it's really interesting you guys went to Chile mm-hmm. for inspiration on the new collection. Can you talk a little bit about that experience? Yes, yeah, Sarah
1: Wallace, you know, she lives for her winter sports, but because they're winter sports, she also seeks to do them in the summer on the other side of the planet. And Chile is a country that she knows very well. I think she's been there maybe eight times and she was generous enough to invite me a couple of times for her trip. And we also uh, invited one of our great athletes. And, you know, Incendia, again, it's, it's a project that was seeded a long time ago. So I would say that the Chile trips were mainly to actually see it on snow and really wear test it before we, we launch it. And send it to bulk. So, yeah, I mean, it's a great way to do some off season skiing. And it was a great trip with uh, just women skiers, which again kind of changes the dynamics of your backcountry skiing.
0: You must be a pretty good skier, I'm guessing.
1: Well, I like to think that. (laughs) Mm, But maybe more important to me is how it makes me feel. It's really the only sport. And I, I do love gr- running, and I do love hiking, and I do love paddleboarding. But what I love and adore and crave about skiing is um, it makes me feel like I have wings. It's again that link to freedom, and I feel makes me feel like I'm I'm flying. That's the sport that I actually dream about, and that's the sport that I'm really happy to instill in my daughter. How old is your daughter? My daughter is 6 and she is a pretty good ripper
0: by now. <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. Y- you know, it must be different as a designer now also as a mom. So talk to me a little bit about, you know, now as a now as a mother and a designer, how you take being a mother into your job and any advice on becoming a designer, especially if you're a woman out and you want to be a designer in the outdoor industry? Like, how do you do it? Mm -hmm. So
1: first about being a mom, I think that changed everything for me, not just my relationship with my job and with my company and with my colleagues and my projects, my relationship to the world. I want the planet to be healthy for her even more intensely than I want it for myself. I want there to be great mountains and great snow for her, even more intensely than I want it for myself. And I want there to be equity and I want there to be space for women in this world. And that's why all these kind of fights that we face as women call it fights, but you know, it could be just disadvantaged on the socio economic spectrum. I feel them more intensely because it's not just about me to have equity. It's I want equity for her. I don't want her to have to deal with any of this. I want her to, when it's time for her to come and find a job and her place in society, I don't want her to have to fight any of this. I want to kind of do it for her. So when I hear injustice towards women, again, it kind of raises a different level of, um, I need to do something about this.
0: get a lot of listeners who want to work in the outdoor industry. Any advice if you want to become a designer in the outdoor industry?
1: Yeah, well, first of all, be in the outdoors. Be an authentic user. It's the passion for your sport that will drive you to do overnighters or, you know, put in the extra effort. Really enjoy the outdoors. And then, you know, sometimes it takes courage to to switch like from being a successful lawyer to going into uh, art school again. But you know, if you feel if you feel the passion, then do it. Do it and trust that one day at the end you will you'll come out and you'll be really happy that you did that.
0: Adida is an example of someone who harnessed courage and pursued their passions even when it meant leaving a law, degree, and career behind. Not only has she changed her own life, but she also works to help women realize their true potential and perform the best they can. Huge shout-out and thank you to Adita Hedroska for talking to me. And I want to give another shout-out to the amazing women who create the awesome outdoor gear at Arcteryx. I'm really excited to try some of the amazing pieces from the Incendia collection. You can learn more about Arcteryx and find the Incendia line on the Arcteryx website at Arcteryx.com or at Arcteryx on social media. That's at A-R-C-T-E-R-Y-X on social media. Wild Ideas Worth Living is part of the REI Podcast Network. It's hosted by me, Shelby Stanger, written and edited by Sylvia Thomas, and produced by Chelsea Davis. Our executive producers are Palomotola and Joe Crosby, and our presenting sponsor this season is Subaru. As always, we appreciate when you review, rate, and subscribe to this show wherever you're listening. And remember, some of the best adventures often happen when you follow your wildest ideas.